Welcome to another episode of Real Dad Movement Podcast. The point and purpose of these episodes, as always, is to have a point and purpose towards helping you win the second half in life by building a path of becoming the best father, husband, man and member of your community that you can be. We do this with various ways of connecting. Life is connection. And as you hear these words spoken time and time again, know that the driving force of connection in life is energy. Which means that how you turn up as a father, as a husband, as a valued member of society, will always start and end with how you turn up as a man within yourself first. This is why it's my mission, my purpose, our mission, our purpose, through Real Dad Movement to inspire, motivate, educate and guide you into thoughts, feelings, actions and a change in your belief systems to rise up, cut the shit from your life, and live and leave a real legacy. When dads win, everyone wins. And when you win, I win. Let's get moving forward, mate. Right here, right now. Longevity. Longevity is the key to a long and fruitful life. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about exactly that. Mr. Ken Levana, thank you for joining us, mate. Welcome. It's good to good to jump on again every Tuesday. She just rolls around. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one because what I've learned very quickly in my life when I look back at the time I didn't quite understand, Ken, especially with elite sport and whatnot, that is that it is this longevity and also, I guess, patience to a degree that leads to a long and fruitful life and a successful one as well, depending on what you apply yourself to. We zoom into the daily life and there can be short sprints and bursts. We, we get that. And a lot of you guys listening to this or watching it, you'll absolutely understand and resonate with that because there is a chaos in life. But as we zoom out, we need to really recognize that longevity is key. Rome wasn't built in the day, which is a, a saying that has been around since since the dawn of time, really. And it's true. It takes time to build big things. And what what bigger thing would anyone want to build, Ken, other than their life and make it something that's valued where they should do it properly? And that's what we're going to dive into today, physically, emotionally, chemically, and what that looks like. Because even from your blood cells regenerating themselves, from your genetics, you know, the blueprint that keeps coming, like the way that we, I guess, maybe not the best analogy, but the way that we shed our skin, can, so to speak, and become the next version of who we are is something that happens pretty quickly when you look over time, but also it's quite a slow process where, you know, it, it's the daily uh, wiring of our, you know, our circuitry and our nervous system and what we're doing, our thoughts, our belief systems, how we carry ourselves through the day, the emotions and what that leads to, the chemical um, adjustments of that, the happy hormones when we're looking at, you know, oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin, uh, and the endorphins, it, all the moving parts that we forget about as fathers are uneducated as fathers or we don't even hold value and just looking for the next stimulant or quick fix. Where do we start, Ken? Talk to us, mate. Longevity, such a, such a big piece and topic. We'll peel back layer by layer, but I think there's a lot of value for you guys listening to this or watching it today. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head from the intro, Alice. That, that here we are again, Tuesday. It just rolls around, rolls around. And so when we talk about longevity, really, thanks to modern-day medicine, we're living potentially longer than our parents and our grandparents and so forth. And then you start to look at kind of what's going on in your own life and the people around you. And, and then you start to think about, okay, are we really living a healthier life? Or is it we're, we're just living the, 
longer time, but but not healthier. Like for me, when I look at uh, back at, at my parents and, and my grandparents, um, we, we grew up on a farm and and uh, and spent quite a bit of time in the country and whatever else. And and uh, it's it's quite exciting where we we grew our own vegetables and we ate our own stock and 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 all of that stuff. And now you kind of move forward. And you look at where we are now with technology and the introduction of everything around us and, and life is just passing us by like as quick as you could possibly think. And as you said, Tuesday and Tuesday again and then it's next, you know, we've been in lockdown for, for months now and, and kind of another day rolls into another day and we kind of, we forget about, or very quickly, we forget about what's happening yesterday and last week and last month and last year unless there's um, silent reminders because, uh being emotional if we've lost a loved one or lost someone close to us and that should be a trigger really now because of as we evolve our our genetics are evolving technology is evolving and we've got so much more information now at our fingertips which which brought you and I together out um, and in this journey to help everyone else and and to try and align people that are like-minded like you and, and myself and other people and and it's allowed me to to tap into the podcast the education the technology which is a wonderful thing but when you look at all of that life is moving so fast that we really forget about sometimes to look at our feet to look down to to, to reground ourselves and and get out and get in touch back in touch with nature and whatever else because we're looking at the fast food. We're looking at working from daylight till dark. We're, we're starting to lose some of that connect that connectability with our children, with our partners and everything else. And really at the end of the day, I know like thanks to modern day medicine, we are living longer. But unfortunately, what the statistics show is that we're really not living healthier and, and that's why longevity is so important. And we take a kind of a little bit of a deep dive into it. We start to dig into things a little bit that are more important about the three pillars that we've been kind of communicating to everyone about the physical side of things, about the emotional, about the chemical side. And really, how is it affecting you? And, and starting to kind of create those pathways to, to give you the best outcome. And, and again, like, listen, we all go down rabbit holes in our education, in our, in our business, in our wealth, in our relationships and everything else, and we're trying to get the best out of what we can with what's currently available to us at our fingertips. But really, it's no time better than now, not tomorrow, not putting a plan in place tomorrow. You need to create a plan now and then find out what those biggest triggers are within your life that you need to change and you need to act now. And that's why we're here trying to give you some really good space and some giving you some clarity on creating those, those rabbit holes to find that ultimate journey and on this roller coaster of life to be able to then get the best results. So here we are. Prevention and education is is my medicine to be able to to live a long healthier happier fruitful life full of energy that's that's the whole idea so we have to put those those mechanisms in place now and we have to constantly search and and talk to coaches talk to people that are living eating sleeping and breathing what's reality as in a, a fruitful life yeah, I couldn't agree more, mate. When when we're looking at this, there are definitely some emotional triggers for a lot of you guys out there that either connects you to wanting to live a greater life or disconnects you 
and puts you in a position where you've got control through being angry, bitter, resentful, or you, you, you're, you're getting control over what you can, which is such a small, minute part, which actually limits or self-sabotages you from moving forward to where you want to go. And those short micro moments are what becomes the macro part of your life. Next thing you know, it's been 10, 15, 20 years. So what I love is, is where we have different elements of science, of facts, of data, of numbers, of, of um, I guess, records that are very publicly out there and available that show that, yes, Ken, as, an, as a nation, as a um, as a species, I guess, it, it seems that we, uh, we are getting, you know, what weaker came to mind. That was the first thing. Unhealthy is, is the term, I guess, what you'd look at when you're looking at, um, you know, chronic stress, inflammation, what's a bit... But, it's funny how weaker and weakness came to mind for me, Ken, because I guess that's essentially the same thing. You are fucking weak. If you're not looking after yourself and not you as an identity, but you through your actions and standing up and expressing a larger and greater source of energy, how can you turn up and how can you expect to turn up or how can you expect your children to turn up and flourish and blossom if you're not turning up and giving them that example first? And it's very interesting when you were, when you were just sharing that piece there, Ken, I actually wrote down a formula Q over T equals L and it's really interesting because a lot of the areas, I guess, when it comes to length is covered. You know, like you said, most of us are living the average age for men is I think 81 or 82. I think women might be 85. That's not a bad run. So when we're looking at that, Q over T equals L, quality over time equals legacy is what I wrote. Now, that's something that, again, <clears throat> I love our talks, Ken, because it always gets me thinking. But when I look at that, what I come back to is the very first thing you said to me when we first spoke, which was... It's not the years in your life, it's the life in your years. And if the time is sort of to a degree being looked after, look, no one knows when their time's up, whether it's, I know the perfect examples, getting eaten by a shark or hit by a bus and all that all that jazz. But in terms of for the averages, the time's sort of being looked after. But what are you investing in in that time? It's actually nourishing and nurturing and building a high level of quality from which you then can show that example and a ripple effect and give that to your children. So it's not just the numbers and the data that we talk about here, all the specifics of your health or your wellness. The human body is the vessel that we're driving through this. But for a lot of you, it's exactly what what Ken said. It's looking back and, and being real with some of the numbers and the data and going, am I part of that statistic? Am I not someone who's investing in longevity to know that I can live a long and fruitful life from which I'm actually helping my children set up the best way they can. And uh, isn't it interesting, Ken, how the numbers correlate so much to what's happening to the adults and you see it directly go straight into, into children, mate? Mate, a, a, great, a great thing is that, that I only went through maybe, I reckon, about six months ago. When you think about time and you think about the quality of that time and you calculate what the average male is, and, and again, you know, it's, it's, it's around 81.75 years. That's, that's where it's at for, for the average Australian male. So when you look at that, you think about where you're at now, your age, and then what you do, you think, okay, what's my so-called um, retirement age? Then, then you look at those hours and you calculate the days minus your sleep, minus your work time, and then once you start to look at that and really dig into those numbers, it gives you a greater perception on how much time you've really got and how do you want to spend that time. So if all of a sudden you've got 20 years left of your life, then you take out your work time, then your sleep time, and then incidental time, what are you doing in those so-called one, three, five, ten thousand hours left of your life? How do you want to live that with your with your children, with your grandchildren? Do you want to live that with with traveling? Like all of these things, exactly what you were saying. It's a numbers game. 
And once you start to extract some of those important things in life, and then what does it leave you with? Really, in all honesty, it doesn't leave you with a lot of time at all. So that's why, why wouldn't you act right now at, at, at a time that, that is, is no better because we do have time. Don't ever tell me that you don't have enough time. Like I get it. Like when I say that, like I went for a workout this morning at, at five o'clock with my mate and I said, shit, mate, I've got such a busy day. I haven't got a lot of time. So I'm going to have to get out there. But really what it means is what I'm doing today, then I've got to create time for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And so it really is about putting that plan in place. But if you don't take the steps with everything that is absolutely coming at us with, you know, like just, just underlying things with viruses and flus and cold and everything else that we kind of come in combat with, with, with work stress and, and uh, our physical stress that we take on, if you don't create a game plan now and if you don't set it up, well, then you're definitely going to set yourself up for failure. So you need to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are so you can arm yourself against a physical stress, emotional stress, a chemical stress, so that you become much stronger, you become prone to that, and then create those little kind of um, wins on the board for yourself and also for your family. And have a look at what you're doing from day to day, week to week, and then and then set yourself little achievable goals. And like when I was looking and, and talking to a few of the guys kind of that we coach, the thing is most people can't run or at least can't follow something for seven days, let alone do something for a month or three months or for one year, three years, five years. So what we've got to do is we've got to create an achievable goal that we're going to stick to for seven days. Let's tick that one off. And then once we can do that, then we've got to find something we can do for 14 days. Then it's 21 days. Then we work it out to 30, 45, 60, and 75 and just keep working, chipping away. And remember, all of these micro goals that we have in place, then I look, I look at what am I going to do for that micro goal of the 7, the 14, the 21, the 30, the 45, the 60, the 75, and so on, as in, in my physical health, my physical well-being. So that's one of my pillars that I'm working on and I can just replicate that in my emotional health and then I look at that in my chemical health. So it's really about achieving these goals one step at a time. Exactly what you were saying before, Rome wasn't built in a day and unless you are putting these little kind of micro goals in place, you don't know how you're tracking from day to day, week to week, month to month. And that's why now, don't bullshit to me about making New Year's resolutions and waiting for the next three months to come by and then jump into the New Year's resolution. If you're not willing to act now, you're full of shit and you're not going to act for your New Year's resolution. That's it in a nutshell. You really need to go, right, here's my game plan and I'm going to put it in place today. Yeah, that's the key. You have to act now and that's the bottom line. It's... You know, the fascinating part is, Ken, when we say longevity and we talk about the big game and the bigger picture, the only way to win that for all of you, it's not the big home run, it's not going for the six or, you know, going for the, the halfway shot, whatever sport you want to use, <laughs> uh, going for a drop goal 80 metres out. It, it's actually the little things. It's zooming right in and going, like, exactly what you said then. And, you know, I'm sure there's a formula to this that, that we could create that'll help connect with you guys a little bit more. I've just started jotting this down because I always like I like to write when I do my sessions with you, Ken, because it's it's things I love to stick that that I might not have had before. You know, I don't have all the answers, and this is where I deliver uh, my best value by learning from people like yourself, Ken, and from our members. 
And with longevity, a couple of those key points that I wrote when you were speaking then was direction. Like you said, if you're not zooming back in and, and, and seeing what you can build for seven days, for 14 days, for 30, for 45, for 60, for 75, you're going in the wrong direction. You don't even know what you're doing. You're lost. You're, you are lost. Domino, <clears throat> there must be some sort of sequential order. I mean, when we do things, Ken, we're not sporadic shooting all over the place, are we? Like, this is what we do first, then we do this, then we do this. And it's that domino effect where if you're building momentum and steam, mathematically, a domino can knock over something, the force of that can knock over something 50% bigger than itself. So when we see that, there's a video, I played it in one of our charge-ups a few weeks ago, 15-second video where a guy pushes a little domino, it'd be smaller than his hand, so it's bigger than a small domino, but it'd be, it'd be the palm of his hand, and then it ends up knocking over this thing that's like five stories high, and you can hear, that, I think it was made out of plywood or something, yeah. it completely shatters, but you can hear it, and there's all these people around it, massive thud, and I'm like, man, that started with just a little exertion of energy, but it just went one after the other, after the other, after the other, and then built this big head of steam. And the final one was discipline. I don't believe that self-control and discipline need to always play a role in a specific area of our life for the rest of our life. Like, Ken, you don't, do you, do you, does Ken Lavander need discipline to train? Probably not. I mean, there, there are some times some discomforts when it comes to different moving parts of life or the little voice inside, but ultimately it's a part of you now, Ken, it's your belief system. Uh, you know, it really, just like it is mine, although I was quite triggered last week because I only got one session in and there were different health reasons that I looked after the family at the cost of myself, right? Everything that we say and, and, and that the fathers, there's a pitfall they, they fall into. I get back on the horse pretty quickly though, mate. I don't let it go on for months or years like a lot of fathers do, but it's a part of your belief system. But that discipline is very important because a lot of these guys don't have any and, and <clears throat> they don't know where to start with that, which means they're going to sporadically try different things, so they're lost. They're going to try things in different order, so the system's out, which means there is no domino effect, so they don't build... I guess that satisfaction of completion and, and not just ticking boxes, but moving forward. And they don't have the discipline to follow through, which means they, they fall down. But what would, I mean, I guess physically, chemically, emotionally, where would you zoom in on those three areas? Just to give three key points, and I wouldn't mind rattling off some stats that um, I won't do it yet, but I wrote down some fascinating stuff when you're talking about hours that we actually have, like real hours. And uh, I'm looking at it now, mate. It's fucking mind-blowing, but we'll come back to that in a second. Physical, chemical, emotional health. Well, where, physical, would you, where would you start to build? Mate, so physical, when, when people are putting things in place, it's like <laughs> the problem is in most cases they don't know where to start. And so that's why we, 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 we're going to start at the physical side of things. But when I consult with people and I look at what they're doing and, and the, the, the first initial thing is where are we going to start for you? not because you're looking at what someone else is doing. We need to work out where you're at in life, where you're at physically, chemically, emotionally. Because if you've set your goals up for someone else or from someone else because of what they do, you're going to set yourself up for failure straight away. So it is really down to you as an individual and finding out what your past is, where you are now, and, and where's your goal? Where, where is your realistic goal that you want to achieve? You're not going to jump straight in and, and never done any physical exercise or you've never ran more than 100 metres and all of a sudden you're going to set yourself up for a marathon in, in, in a month's time. It's, it's, it's just unachievable 
for for 99% of the population or 99.99% of the population. So it's about setting the realistic goal that is going to help you achieve the one percenters from one day to the next to the next. So if all of a sudden, here I am, people want to come in and sometimes train with me because I go through a few um, clients when I train with them and whatever else because we need a couple of big sessions in. And so what we do is, is that I'm better off using three trainers so that I get one tra- one client in for the first 20 minutes, the second one in for the second 20, and third. But whereas if they try and stick with me for the for the hour or hour and 10 minutes that I work out, it's going to annihilate them. So what we do here is, is instead of going for a run on a marathon, let's just get you walking for, for 10, 15, 20 minutes every day for the next seven days. And then let's, let's tick that off. Then what we'll do is we'll increase that to 14 days, but then we'll get you into a walk jog, yeah? But at the same time, what's important, when I'm looking at the physical point of view or your physical well-being, if you're stepping out of bed, putting that foot on the floor of a morning and you've got pain and discomfort, not only am I keeping the motor running by getting you to continually walk 10, 15, 20 minutes a day for the next 7, 14, 21, 45, whatever it is, but... I'm going to keep that energy and I'm going to keep that motor running for that mindset for you because you know you're improving and you're continuously moving. But at the same time, I'm going to build some mobility or I'm going to build some some kind of program into your physical well-being to eliminate, alleviate, to then eliminate the pain on that day-to-day basis. So now what's happening is, is not only am I getting you moving physically, but now I'm sorting about that emotional well-being because You've told me that you have a bit of discomfort in your lower back, in your ankle, your knees and whatever else. And so I don't want you to run, even though the plan is potentially by the end of the 30-day period, I want you to walk jog. But unfortunately, as soon as we start to get you to move, something else comes to the surface. Then something else, whether it be time restrictions, whether it be weather restrictions, whether it be availability to get to your gym or get to the person that you generally walk with, there's all these restrictions that are kind of constantly building at us, this resistance. But you've got to be strong enough within your mindset to be able to push through that and find alternatives. Don't sit there and wait for me and go, shit, Ken, like, listen, I couldn't go for that walk. I couldn't get to that session because, mate, it was raining and it's normally an outdoor session. Well, then what did you do in it? Like, you've got to start to think for yourself. Okay, I'm there to guide you. I'm there to be a coach. I'm there to to do whatever is necessary to help you. But you've got to take control. Like, shit, I'm not there to design every minute of your day and hold your hand. I'll help you trace that journey out. But you've got to really take control of that. So as we've started here, right from the get-go, I've only wanted you to start walking. Even though you've come to me and said, I want to run a marathon of 42 kilometres in in two months or three months' time. All I've done is got you walking. Not one day and then on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I've got you walking every day now. I've created movement. I've created a, a healthier mindset. And then all of a sudden, once I've got you moving, now you've come back and said, mate, listen, my back's a bit sore, my knee's a bit sore. Then I've implemented another strategy in there so that not to stop you from moving, but to get you into week two. And then it'll get you into week three. And as we do that, I'm chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And at no stage can you come back to me and say, listen, Ken, I really don't know what to do because if all of a sudden it's raining and you normally go to your gym and walk on a treadmill, well, guess what? 
You don't think you can walk around with a raincoat on outside? You're making excuses. Stop fucking making excuses because you're never going to get anywhere in life if you're making excuses. And this is what it is about. I'm the sculptor. I'm going to chip away, chip away. But you seriously have to take control yourself. Don't just rely on everyone else. Don't try and follow what someone else is doing. Get your plan set up and then you start to take control from now. That's really what it's about. Yeah, the answers are all out there, aren't there, mate? The problem is the answers change. So if you're going it alone or you're lying to yourself or you don't have that check-in, I mean, Ken's an amazing energy coach for our entire organisation, but if, if you don't have that, that level of check-in to, to build the little adjustments, the course correct, so to speak, of, of 1% every day and then one degree every day, because both of those are important, uh, you will be lost and, and then you'll mentally come unstuck. Uh, you won't be as invested and you'll be spinning your wheels. What do we do there then, Ken? Like when, when we fill out a little bit, so we're giving them direction, we're looking at lining things up, like everyone should have that. I've got that. Um, making sure we're moving 1, 1% every day, but making sure we're adjusting one degree on the daily if we need to and, and building that head of steam, not lying to ourselves. The answers are out there, but we need to find the answer specifically for you because life changes. What about emotional, the emotional side of things? Any any key things to tie that in? Is it, is it understanding their why, bringing the children in to go, hey, are you setting the right example? As men, this isn't manipulation. This is pulling the levers that you want. Like you want to be a good father, right? If you don't, well, why the fuck did you have kids? It's hard, I get it. It's the hardest thing, but the greatest thing ever. But how, how do we tap into that emotional side as well, Ken? Like nothing prepares you for having children. <laughs> nothing prepares prepare you for having children. I don't give a shit what crazy. anyone It's crazy. And every child, you know what, everyone's willing to throw this information out and and uh, give you advice on whatever. Hey, listen, of course there might come to a time where we need to engage in a professional and whatever else. And, and listen, my oldest son, he didn't sleep through one night for four years. Like it was just crazy. And then why in God's name, would you want to go back for a second one after that, like in reality? So when we look at that, the stress that that caused to, to, to myself and, and my wife and, and like you build up this tolerance and, and this, this resilience, it's like, listen, I don't know if I'm qualified to say this, but when people go through it, like I talk about when children, are, uh, when they're not sleeping and you're dealing with all the stresses in life, like it's an, I, I, when I say I'm not qualified to say this, it's a bit like pregnancy pain. That's why I'm saying I'm not qualified to say this because, mate, it's killing you at the time. It really is killing you. But when when that child, that part of you, is 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 comes to life, mate, there is no better feeling. And that's the thing, like that emotional feeling, like you would you would give your life for your child like there is no question about it that's how strong that relationship is and but but the pain that you see your partner your loved ones is going through obviously if they're having a natural birth in most cases I can't you know validate every case but but from what what I've gone through is having three children and, and seeing how that's unfolded mate the, the, the pain that you see and, and you don't want you want to take that pain away from your partner and then all of a sudden when that when that life is there in front of you, like you're you're the happiest person on the planet. And like I said, that emotional attachment is unbelievably incredible. And then so that stress in itself, there's a massive amount of stress that you're going through, but it's very short-lived. And then thinking about that emotional, that endorphin release because of Look what's in front of you, that, that life that you've created with your partner, with your loved one, that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. 
And all of a sudden we talk about the little stresses in life because we can't go for a walk today because it's raining or it's a little bit cold and we want to spend that little bit more time in bed. Now, what do you want out of life? The thing is, what we do here from the emotional side of things, well, then what I do is I set you up with a game plan. So if you don't walk today, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you breathing techniques. I'm going to give you alternatives to look at maybe your nutrition and look at what are the better choices you can make today for your nutrition so that when you eat this and your hydration, how's that going to affect that, shit, I can't get out for a walk today, but you know what, or this morning, because that's my game plan, I'm going to give that or I'm going to do that walk in the afternoon or I'm going to do something as a bodyweight workout at home, work on some mobility, work on some of those triggers that's causing you discomfort. But at the same time, because I still want you to keep that routine, I want you to get up and I want you to work on something else whether it be the the chemical side of thing and have a look at what you've done over the last one, three, five, seven days in how your food's been going and how can you plan for tomorrow, for three days later and seven days later. You have to plan this. And then again, if you're not sleeping that well, well then what do I need to implement? Because Ken's told me if I do some breathing work, well then, hey, this is going to affect my emotional stuff because it's going to help me breathe as in sleep a little bit longer or a little bit better, the quality of my sleep is going to be better. So that emotional stuff is going to allow you to have a lot more clarity when you wake up the next day. Now, will that happen every day? Absolutely not. Like that's that's just, you can't tell me you're having shit days day after day after day after day. That's just, it's not possible. Like, and this is where you'll fall off the wagon maybe once or twice but it's having those, those tools, those levers to pull. When you do fall off that wagon, just because you've had a shit meal doesn't mean that your sleep doesn't have to be quality or that you'd have to stop exercising. Just because you, 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 know, you reduce one of those, um, your exercise program or you have a bad meal or you have alcohol or whatever else, well, you can still exercise if you have a bad meal. You can still, you know, like do your breathing techniques because you didn't exercise that day. You can still look at setting yourself up for having better meals over the next three days because you had a bad day because you fell off the wagon. It's really about being, it, it takes a better person to get back up on that wagon than it is to think, fuck it, I've, I've, I've let myself go for one, two, three days and you don't have the, the focus, the clarity to get back on track and that's why we're here to be able to create those alternatives for you so that when you're having a shit day, when you're having a bad night, when you miss a training session, it's about what you were saying now. You got one workout last week, but by God, like, you know, hey, it's one week in your life. There's many, many weeks in your life. And this is about, you know what? Put that behind you. Let's start getting you back into your breathing techniques you might get into two or three sessions this week. If you don't, that's not the most important thing. If you're not getting your exercise in, the most important thing is about sleep, about meditation, about getting your food right. It's really about knowing what lever to pull because of something is causing you stress, but it's short-term stress. It's it's a bit like, you know, that that short-term, that or, and then we go into that medium term. It's only one, three, five, seven days. Don't bullshit to me that it's going to cause you stress for the next month, yeah? Unless I call, I get it if someone has some kind of terminal illness and they're around you and you're constantly dealing with that, I get that. But still, if that's the case and you're there supporting someone, isn't it so much more important 
to put the right steps in your life so that you're preventing what the other people around you are, are generating or creating. Like don't sit there and make excuses for yourself when you're not implementing strategies within your life to create preventative disease down the track. That's really what it's about. You have to be putting things in your day-to-day workplace, game plan, relationship, whatever it is, you have to be working on that every day and that's it in final. Mm, yeah, some great points there, mate. Uh, you know, we, we all have emotional triggers, Ken, like I have them. Everyone has them and, and the reality is your reality doesn't have to be one that holds that to be true for a long period of time. Like you said, you have a tough week, cool, you've got a tough week. And Look, there being a big fire up here, it completely smashed my sinus and my hay fever, everything. Just it was crazy, mate. So exactly what you said then, the breathing work, the breathing exercises, I I, I didn't do them. I felt I couldn't do them. I couldn't even breathe through me nose. So when I saw that and I started tracking my scores, I'm hitting 60s, you know, with my sleep and my readiness. It's killing me. And then last night, um, nose is starting to clear up, which is great. Uh, I get back in the 80s and 70s. So the, the, the point is we all have dips and a lot of you need to recognise that that is not where you need to stay or should stay. We all have the judge and the victim inside us, the one that points and blames and then the one that has shame. And I guess what, what's funny, Ken, uh, again, I just wrote a, wrote a point here before I dive into this crazy thing around time, which I'll share with you all, is the tough times like last week was a tough time. The, the tough times won't last but we paint a picture in our head that it will, and that's our reality, and that's how it stays. So we continually crumble down our own kingdom and pull it apart. And then on the flip side, when we're kicking ass and dominating and winning and having great times, we paint the psychology in our head that it won't last and something around the corner is going to pull me down. Isn't it crazy? The complete opposite. When, you know, when, when shit's hitting the fan, we, we accept it as truth and believe that'll be a part of us moving forward, but it's not. It's a week. And I'm training today. My goal is four sessions this week, and I've allowed that and put in time blocks, four sessions, three walks. I'm moving seven times this week. That's a non-negotiable for me, as well as one yoga session and my breath work every night. Bang. Very simple. Like, that sounds like a lot to you guys. What is it? Seven, eight physical sessions, seven breathing sessions. The breathing is three to five minutes. The physical sessions are four training sessions and, and three walks and yoga. Like, it's it's all achievable. It's, it's 30 to 50 minutes. Um, but here's the, cra- here's the crazy part. When, when you were talking about, uh, time and hours every day when we break it all down. Look, work, when I say work's work, I don't mean it's something you should just accept and, and grind through, but work is a part of our life. And I love it. Like we are right now essentially working whilst we're sharing. This is something we're adding value. It's service. It's one of our one of our circles when we're looking at family, self and service. So that is a part of our life. Can it always will be like even if I'm in a position to financially retire myself, I'm always going to be doing something. You know, that, that's just a part of life. I love it. But we are, we're here to create. We, we are here to create. But take sleep away. Take some of your routines and rituals when it comes to, you know, bathing, grooming yourself, maintenance, eating, those, those different bits and pieces, and then take away the element of work and then what you're giving to your family. And, and, and got some of you guys, this is the funny part, some of you guys will say you don't even have this, but it, it will probably yield you around, if you're clever and, and efficient and effective, it'll give you about three hours a day just for you. If, if you're looking at it um, and you take away all those different moving parts, again, this isn't something that I've written in stone, but this is to paint perspective. And I want you guys to stay with me here as well as you can. If we look at three hours a day solely and purposely just for you, like I know when you eat, it's for you. I know when you train, it's for you. But I mean, actually just creating that time just for yourself. Three, three hours a day. That, that gives you 1,095 hours 
a year. If you're a middle-aged man, if you're 40, so you're bang on entering the second half in life, that means you've got 43,800 hours left of your life. So 43,000 hours just for you. That's all you have left, 43,000 hours just for you. That turns out to be 1,825 days, exactly. And then when you break that down, divided by 365, I know you have a leap year every four, but when we break that down, Ken, that means if you are a man listening to this and you are 40 years of age, you only have five years of life left for yourself. Your life. Of your life. Your life for you doing what you want. You've got five years left. That's it. That's fucking how, crazy, how man. That? How do you want to live that? That's crazy. That That is like you got five years left. That's it in terms of you doing you. Like I know I love what I'm doing. I'm here and present with you now when I'm working. I'm with my family. But in terms of just solely and purposefully just for you, and that's max. Like you might only have I'm one off, hour. I'm off. I need time, mate. I've, I've got to go. Yeah, that's right. I'll see you guys <laughs> later. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll go to the later. That's, I mean, that's baffling, man. And look, there's a bit of leeway left and right, but fuck, even if there is, that means you might only have three years or you might have seven years. That's, man. And that's assuming you live to be 81. And again, Ken, quality, yes. quality as well. What, what's the quality like? Mate, listen, I'll tell you what, when you threw the, the first part of your conversation out, this is this is kind of where people need to really start to think about things. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, you said you've got eight sessions on this week, am I right? Yes. Eight sessions. So anyone to think about shit, like that's that's crazy. Like we're talking elite level here. But but just answer answer this for me. When you think about it, those eight sessions, you've got four resistance sessions, am I right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. What are the other sessions you're doing? Three walks. So Stella's coming here today. Oh, we've got a yeah. Yeah. We've got a doctor appointment. Yeah. You can take your partner if she's available, children, whatever else, with your walk. Now, if you want to walk a lot faster, you're thinking, hey, listen, my 18-month-old can't walk that quick with me. Well, guess what? You can go for a fast whatever you need to do then pick her up on the second loop or the third loop so you can involve that with family, family members, whatever. If you're doing your breathing stuff, why can't you do some of that with your family also? So in reality, out of those eight sessions, four of those are for you because you're in it in the gym and whatever else or wherever you are doing those resistance sessions. So even though you're doing eight sessions here, what's happening is, is that those other four sessions can be done interactive with your family. So don't think all of a sudden, when I talk about me doing five, six, seven sessions, what you don't think I go to the beach when I do two or three of my sessions, that my children don't come with me and they're in the water playing and doing everything else and having a swim and I'm there with them just watching them and, and then jumping in the water with them. So my sessions also are involving the people that I care about around me and I'm getting the kids out of the house because my wife's, you know, working from home as a primary school teacher and everything else. So the thing is you can create space that way. So you have to multitask. This is what it's about, multitasking and doing what's right for you and for your family. Like no better time than now than, hey, listen, you don't have to go, as they say, balls to the wall with everything you're doing. If we're talking about doing eight, nine, ten sessions a week, all of that's just not busting our ass. This is about creating space and creating, you know, a, a great routine. And if we're here to, to help you guide that routine, that's what it's about. So that's why it's exciting. And then, you know, those 5,000 hours or those, those, those 
you know, those five years have left of our life, it's so important to, to, to put everything in place and start to, to get on top of your own personal space and well-being and your own life. Otherwise, nobody's going to be there to hold your hand at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, Ken, yeah, he lived a great life. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, but, but yeah, shit, he, he should have done, you know, he could have done so much more. Mate, there's not, not a lot more I want to do in life other than, of course, I'd love to do a bit of travelling and spend a lot more time with the family. But I tell you what, I've never got a problem or I don't ever feel that I have a problem about my health, about my energy or anything else for that matter for when I'm now, you know, almost 51, when I'm at 60. I don't, I don't even worry about what's happening in nine years. I don't worry about when I'm 65. I don't give a shit about what's happening at 70 or 75 or 80 for that matter because I know... At my focus on my health is is not an issue to me because it is part of my life. It's my lifestyle. That's what I do. And so my 50, maybe it's the new 30. My 60, maybe my new 40. But I tell you what, I'm I'm living it to the best of my ability. And as we evolve with technology and everything that's available to us, you don't think we're going to have better things and better things that we can kind of evolve much faster, like, you know, like with the way technology is evolving and, and how quick everything evolves, I, I believe that they'll have cures for terminal illnesses made in, a, in, a, in as short as, as, as 10 years' time. Like I believe they've got it now. It's just not 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 available because they still have to do long-term research as they do with anything. But but science is so advanced now, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in five, ten years' time. And you know what, <laughs> mate, I, I'm, I'm that excited that I know potentially when I hit 60 in nine years' time that I believe they'll have the technology to, 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 to be able to give me the ability to be back into my 20s again. Not mm. that I ever think I'm never out of my 20s, it's the way I go, and I'm sure the people around me. Hey, you're, you're, you're better than most 20-year-olds I've ever seen, Ken, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's so true, though. You know, like, and, and I think, um, like, I know what you mean. When you, when you said multitasking, it's like when we look at family self and service, it's, it's almost like you can have multiple circles together. You, you know, you really can. Um, little man's got a doctor's appointment. We can't go because he had an operation last week, so Quinn's taking him, but to take the heat off her, she's going to drop off Stella with me and we're going to go for a walk. We're supposed to have rain for a few days, so if that turns to shit, yes, we'll put a raincoat on, we'll make it fun. Yeah. We'll walk this afternoon. And out of those three walks I'm doing, one will be with the dogs, one will be with the family later this week. We're going to walk down to the beach. And then those four training sessions, once today, I like to train on weekends. So I've got, I've got essentially five, six days to train. And the way that Ken's done my structure and my program, two of those are lighter days with mobility. Like it's it's all there. Like we're not, I'm not here to overwhelm you and say, Al, some hero is doing eight sessions, the yoga. My daughter Stella, she knows, she knows how to do that. So We'll be laying down, cooling postures, other bits and pieces together. And all of a sudden, we're layering and building in experiences where we are a father, a real father and a husband and, and a man for ourselves. And that that five years, that's crazy. And when, when you're talking about just then with, with, um, with, with life and I guess fulfillment with life, Ken, the reason why people have problems or the reason why you're most people aren't happy, and this is subconscious, right? They don't even know, and, and you will now. The reason why most people have issues or challenges or, or are not happy in life is because they're having a problem with the with the way that they're using the time. Like, that's what it is. Just they have a problem with, yeah, with the time they're using. You have a problem with that because you know you're using time with shit quality. That, that's why you have a problem. So this is the funny part. Even though we create a time as a mechanism for social order constructs, um, the way that we can connect and, and a way to build rhythm and cadence with the natural 
the cycles and rhythms of life, the universe, as we see, you know, things grow, they die, the sun comes, the sun goes. People are having a problem with the way that they're using their time. That's why you're not happy. Otherwise, what's the rush, man? Because we know that in this shell, in this body, the way that we are right now, it's not going to be forever. Otherwise, you would, all right, I'm just going to go through shit for the next 150 years, Ken, because I know the next 400 will be great. It doesn't work that way. So when you're 40 to 48 and it's been a shit eight years, you know that the reason why you don't want to maintain that trajectory or that course is because years 49, 50, 50, it's going to continually get worse. You change to get better or change to get worse. And you know you are running out of time. We're not here to paint a doom and gloom. Here's the end. We're all going to die. But it's really an acceptance of going or acknowledgement of going, okay, I am using time and the quality is not there. And then are you going to accept that or are you going to change it? Great. Um, this has been a great episode, Ken. Anything you want to wrap up with for these for these men as we move forward throughout the rest of the week? And I guess just some food for thought for these guys and what's been a um a pretty cool episode. I've really enjoyed it. Like the last thing really I'd like to finish on finish on is is really about you need a daily action plan and a weekly action plan. Like as we do, we journal, we write down where we're spending our time. And if you really can't see that then it's so grey you can't see the, you know, the forest between the trees. All of this being said, that time is so, so valuable to us and without knowing where you're spending your time is literally is just every day is just heading off into the abyss. And so that's why it's really important. You really want to have a look at your wins on the board as we've spoken about previously in previous episodes. It's really working on lifestyle. It's making sure that... If you're sleeping more, it's not just about the sleep. It's about the quality of the sleep. If you're going to hydrate, make sure you're hydrating. It's not about drinking more. It's about hydrating more. It's about getting into the nitty-gritty. It's just making sure that you are looking at where you're spending quality time and where the time wasters are so that you can change those time wasters into something positive for you, whether it be relationship, financial, physical, whatever it may be, but you've got to work on getting more wins on the board at the end of each day, week, month, than you have losses. And that's really important. Without that daily action plan, weekly action plan, without sitting down right now, forget about the food plan, forget about the physical plan, forget about the emotional stuff, Write down or take note of what you're doing today and how productive was your day and did you do anything today to perform better, to enhance your life, whether it be relationship, whether it be your physical well-being, your emotional, whatever it is, and just start to analyse that over the next one day, seven days, and then go, okay, shit, how can I improve that next time I sit down without that planning you're going sideways in a hurry. Great point, Ken. Feelings are awesome. They can drive us men. Don't, don't disregard that. Feelings and emotions in life are natural. We should have them and they can ignite a spark and drive us forward. The problem is your feelings are fleeting and you're not getting clear on the facts. Everything Ken just shared then is you getting clear on the facts. Where are you now? Strip it all back. Own the fucking truth. Don't lie to yourself. Don't sweep things under the rug. Don't bury your head in the sand. Don't turn a blind eye. Don't put your head away from the mirror. Any other term, I don't know. We'll give you dozens. Look in the mirror. Get clear on the facts as they currently stand. Own the facts and then create a new set of facts. Implement those to make them true. Make them real facts. And guess what? 
the feelings will follow. And that's what that's exactly what 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 Ken's point is. You know, when we're looking at dialing it into your weekly, your dailies, and just stripping it all back and going, this is time, this is energy. I'm never going to get this back in this moment right here. Let's make sure we're clear on where we are and where we're going, and then implement it. Thanks, Ken. Amazing episode, and um, glad to have glad to have you on again, mate. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Thanks, mate. Cheers. One thousand minutes a day. It's a lot. But when you're wasted on shit that doesn't serve you or move yourself or your family forward, you are bleeding the most valuable resource that you and I never get back. How much time do you think you have? And how much quality do you think you've had? Don't be a fool like the masses, thinking you'll cheat the system or get round to it one day or worse. Just accepting life and sinking back into a slumber of regret. This is your moment, your time. You're cut from a different cloth. You have the hunger and desire to be more and live more. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So stand up, find the golden nuggets in this episode you just listened to, and align immediate action with them and where you want to go. You are worthy. This is your life. You are the king. And this is your kingdom. Now go and claim it by showing, not telling. And be the real leader you and I both know you were born to be.